3: This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And it's the morning after the night after the night before. The night when we went down to the Emirates Stadium and we went down 3 1 and we, we just went down. Things weren't, didn't go according to plan, but it doesn't really matter because we've got a bigger fish to fry. A much bigger fish to fry, which is the league fish. So we're looking forward to Saturday. We've got a big match on Saturday against Reading, but first of all, we're going to have a little look back, because we've had three games in well, eight days, it's going to be. We had Derby on Saturday, didn't go to plan. We had Arsenal on Wednesday, didn't go to plan, and then we've got Reading on Saturday coming up. So I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in a bar that I have been sitting for a while, not all season anyway, the virtual bar. This is where we get our virtual beers, our virtual drinks, some cup of tea, if you want some wine... I haven't got anything at the moment, I might have to go and pop out to the bar and see if I can get myself a bit of an ale, but I'm sitting here with my chums, around the table, the virtual table, as we are going to talk about Brentford, and what went down in the last week, so like I said, Billy Grant here, and I'm sitting here with Mr Laney Lane, David Lane, mm-hmm. Mr Laney, uh, I haven't seen you for about 12 hours, the last time I saw you, you were skiddling off <laughs> to oh. South London, with, with a Polish oh, with a Polish guy, yeah that was interesting,
4: yes. Um <laughs> I've done out. I actually got the last train out of Waterloo, and I went back to Hertsmere, I think it was. And uh, I got a, well, you laced up boots and corduroys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've managed to get the cab back from there, which was uh, it was all right. So uh, yeah, I, I woke up this morning and I thought, what, what was all that about? What was all that about last night? So. Uh, yeah, we, we'll talk about Arsenal and the, and the anticlimactical trip to North London. So, uh, But yeah, no, we had fun. It was, a, it was very much a keep football out of football night, wasn't it? It was. There's it, lots of pies. Lots of pies, yeah. Paul at Piebury Cornery looked after us. That was uh, a few characters there, wasn't
3: there? There was a few characters as well. We'll, probably, we'll talk about Spend that in a bit. Sh- you know, sh- I've, never, I've, I mean, I've been to a lock-in in a bar, or in a restaurant, or like that, but I've never had a lock-in in a pie shop before. <laughs> it, was, it was quite surreal you know what I'm saying you know here's a pie sir and lots of beer thank you very much we'll have some of that so uh, yeah which is good and also it was good because it made us uh, hang around later after the game in the pie shop drinking lots of beer so that we missed out on the, the post you know match traffic and people going to the tube station you know um, which apparently there's a little bit of malarkey because obviously there's only one tube station open and there's a, you know it's made it a little bit more difficult. But people they worked around it. Some people walked down to I me. Mean, I we also got the Anard here as well. You you managed to work around it, didn't you? The Allard?
0: Uh, well, I went to the pie shop. That was probably the first <laughs> way I, I went and had a, and had a nice scotch egg. Ah. Um, so yeah, i not quite a pie, but a, a very good scotch egg. And um, yeah, we we walked down to um, you know one of the one of the. One of those other smaller stations. We didn't go to the big, big station. I had enough of big, big things last night, and um, we went back to a you, you know a smaller station and um, and jumped straight on there while people still queuing. I think at Highbury and Islington well into the well into the night. Yeah, well, that's,
3: you know, that's the way it goes. Big, you know, Arsenal's a big team. Got, you know, exactly, station. big stations. Yeah, yeah. so big, you well, know, I'd had enough. I'd had enough. But, but not even, that, not even really that big a station. I mean, the thing is, I don't. I mean, I've never been to Arsenal for absolute years, and I don't know how much diff- different that queuing was at that station compared to normal games because it's not. It's not the biggest station in the world, and there were probably what forty-five thousand people in that, that game today. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you've ever been to Wembley Stadium and you've seen the massive queues that go in there and they've, they've got it all sorted out and they stop the crowds and everyone's kind of chilled out, maybe they just still haven't quite sussed that out of hand or big crowds going into small stations.
5: Yeah, point.
0: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, there's obviously worse some mitigating circumstances, which, um, you know, um, with, with certain stations being closed that aren't normally and stuff, but... Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, you can always work around these things, can't you? It doesn't matter where, where you're going. There's always a little, uh, you know, a little way of doing it a bit quicker than everyone else does. People that join queues, there's always another way of doing it, which doesn't necessarily mean you know, getting to the front of the queue by going to a pub or something that apparently was the trick last night, I heard. Um, but there's plenty of other ways of doing it too. Indeed, indeed. Listen, we've also got the Liberal. The
3: Liberal Nick as well has been. Uh, he, he's, he's made his way down from the tractor straight after the game about 24 hours to get home but now he's chilled out in front of the fire um with his you know, pipe and cigar liberal how you doing
6: no pipe no cigar glass of ginger beer you know that's what we do that's how we live life down in the southwest yeah i'm all right i'm all right pretty tired actually didn't get home didn't get home till 4 four thirty this morning up again at uh, up again at 7 30 so uh it was a long day, and uh, what I enjoyed, actually, on reflection, I enjoyed. I particularly enjoyed a uh, three-hour conversation with West Ham fans, um, who were there were three West Ham fans on the last train back to Exeter last night, who were celebrating their eight-nil victory and were absolutely sure that they were going to win the Caribou Cup this year.
0: Okay, okay, so so they, I mean, that that is that's quite. They they've come up to watch West Ham play Macclesfield at home and travel back to Exeter, that's, that's quite something, Nick.
6: Yeah, that's right. No, 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 they were very loyal. Two, 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 two people who, they were, two of them, did. did do 100%, and um, one of them had done 100%, it was either for the last 10 or 12 years, I can't quite remember now, but I mean, that is pretty loyal, <laughs> I don't know. And he, I mean, he reckoned that he'd spent somewhere in the region of £120,000 following West Ham.
3: Fair play, fair play, fair play to him for the West Coast, the West Coast, West Ammon. So, uh, but anyway, we've got somebody joining us at the virtual bar for the first time. She's uh, supping on, uh, I'm not quite sure what she's supping on, but I'm sure very nice what she's supping on. We've got Katie B. Katie, how are you doing?
5: I'm all right. I'm sadly only supping on water, so oh dear. <laughs> a little bit disappointing.
3: Yeah, we're we're all very disappointed, as you could probably tell, actually. <laughs> but, you know, but I'm sure the water's very nice down in uh, in your corner of the bar. <laughs>
5: tasty, refreshing. That's
3: right, so yeah, yesterday, so I mean, what, yesterday, what did you get up to before the game, because we didn't quite hook up with you, we thought we might have hooked up with you, because seeing as that's exactly your manner, you literally live around yeah. the corner.
5: Yeah, it is my manner, um, but sadly I got trapped at work, oh, no. um, so I was a little bit late getting there, right. uh, and then late getting into the ground.
3: Ah, ah so... Join the other Bees fans, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> C- serial, serial lateness, I mean, like, so we went to the faltering fullback before the game, which you know the, the faltering fullback, um, very very good pub, you know, we, we interviewed Iger Anderson there about 15 years ago, um, when I used to live up that part of London, brilliant, brilliant pub, and they uh, came down and welcomed it, <laughs> it was a bit of a Bees takeover, Yeah, the old <laughs> whole roof garden, we took over the whole roof garden, you know, must have been, I don't know, probably 100, 150 Bees in, that, in, the, in the bar, and uh yeah it was good it was a, it was a good laugh, it was a very very, very good start to the game and a real kick football out of football session because after what I came in after that wasn't particularly great but um yeah. but yeah, which is all which is all good, but interesting, you said that you uh got in late to the
5: game what was that well, because of the giant throng of people waiting to get into the emirates Stadium because of the several bag searching moments on the way in i'm um, and then, yeah, mostly because of that giant queue, though, nice. and the very strange instructions we were being given about where to go and get in, what to do when we were in the queue. Nice. That was a clear experience.
3: OK, so again, we might talk, we'll touch on that a little bit later because uh, when we're going to talk about the match, talk the match, match itself, talk about the, oh, the goals, but also we'll just talk about um, our prim- this is a Premier League experience for us and how much we enjoyed or didn't enjoy our Premier League experience going to this big stadium with lovely soft cushiony seats and you know lots of segregation and lots of security you weren't very friendly but anyway before we do that I think what we need to do we need to listen to what the fans had to say well, that's the most important thing let's see what the fans had to say both Arsenal and Brentford fans had to say in the pub and in the pie shop after the game I thought the third goal was harsh mate I thought 2-1 was probably about right I thought we had to go second half they sat back um I don't, I don't get the sort of choice of team really If you play your A to me, your B you me, play a mixture Then you bring on your, your stars at the end anyway It's a bit of a strange Do you want to win it, do you not? I think the messages are a bit mixed But we had a good go, we didn't get embarrassed But yeah, it's a bit disappointing really But you know, we, we, we got a bit of rhythm in the second half And we, we showed that we can play football um, But yeah, all in all We never really looked like getting anything out of the game, did we? So that's a disappointment We got stuck into a really long queue Getting into the ground Missed the first goal so, basically, you just walk into the ground and you're already deflated. Then when you see your team playing, absolute garbage. Couldn't string two passes together. And, uh, you know, that's already deflated us. The second half, we, we came out, the coach and Sawyer's saw the ball, started playing with each other. Uh, sorry, I should rephrase that. It's playing really well together. And, uh, you know, we, we just looked about a much better side. And uh, it's
6: just a shame we couldn't do that from the start.
0: It's a shame because you should be, we should be proud of having... 9,000 Brentford fans at one game that isn't a home game, of course we should be proud of that. I was a bit disappointed in the team we put out, to be honest. I thought four of the
6: the, uh, first team regulars was a little bit of an insult in a way to the
0: fans that turned up, but, you know, first half a bit of a write-off. Second half much better, but too little too late in the end. Yeah, look, the game was good. As you said, the first half was all ours.
1: Um, Probably once once Brentford scored that first goal, got a bit Bit nervy, a bit edgy, you know, around the mark thinking what are we gonna do here? Then we have got that final goal from Lacazette, obviously it took the pressure off, but that came so late, it was kinda of like what's going on here, we're gonna have a Manchester United and lose to Derby, something like that. So it got it got edgy towards the end. But uh, if Brentford played like that probably that thirty minute spell they had towards the end there, the whole game, anything could happen. You know, it's the League Cup, it's the Carabao Cup, this stuff happens. You have the upsets and an early round exit, Brentford get the win. Stuff like that happens in this game.
5: Oh, do you know, what? it's it's what could have
0: been. It's what could have been. Dean Smith was saying he didn't want another Chelsea. Well, they serve up another Chelsea. Yeah, I was I was so annoyed with the club at halftime. know, yeah, we lay down and die, and then what happens when we go toe to toe for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, second half? They're scared. They bring on Lacazette and they bring on Ramsey, and they're and they're time wasting. There's a there's a game there. There's a game. We carved the we carved a game out. And it's just annoying. It's annoying that we, if we could have gone in, even 1-0 down, I think if we'd gone in draw at half-time, it'd be a different game. And still, we've lost, we lost that's three games without a win now. Huge gamble now on us smashing Reading.
3: So interesting thoughts from the Brentford and the Arsenal fans in the pie shop um, across the road from, from Emirates after the game. And it's interesting because it was, like, it was almost like a resigned feeling. People are sort of kind of like, not they'd like given up, but they were just like, oh yeah, here we go again. Same old, same old. Probably slight disappointment that we didn't. Um, we gave it a bit of a go in the second half, but we didn't give it a real, real go. And I think there's disappointment there. And if anything, if if Brentford team hadn't turned up in the second half, it would have been massive disappointment. I remember at half time, there were some very, very unhappy folk. Um, talking at half-time about what was going down. Uh, the Liberal, I mean, you know, what were your thoughts? I mean, you know, we've, give, we've been given 24 hours to have a little think about it. And, uh, you know, the game itself, the game of two halves, why do we seem to struggle? I mean, at Derby on Saturday, first half, it was all over. and by the end of, My thoughts... Yeah, and by the end of the first half, it was all over. The same again on, on Wednesday, wasn't it?
6: My thoughts haven't changed um, all the time. Every time we come to a stadium which holds over forty-five thousand people, the team seems to freeze in the first half. Really, really annoying. Um, we've done it in champion. We've done it in finals. We've done it in games against um, Derby, Aston Villa. You, you name it. We just cannot seem to get going when we're in front of a big crowd. Um, we turned out well in the second half. I don't know what Dean Smith put in their tea. don't know what he said to them at half-time, but second half was far better. But you know, why aren't we taking this cup seriously? This is a cup we could win. Um, you know my opinion. I don't think that we will probably um, quite manage to scrape promotion this year. I mean, I'll be the first to be delighted if we do. But uh, something like the, the EFL trophy or whatever it's called could be a uh, tournament we could win it's one week we take it seriously we could we could actually get crowds we could encourage a lot of buzz about the club um, we could be seen to be uh, it would be a good thing as we move forward into the new stadium and yet what happens all the time is we put out a I wouldn't say it was a B team we put out last night I think it was a, a B plus A minus team um, in my opinion um, but would just simply don't take it seriously, uh, with eight thousand fans going going potty for it. Dean Smith said, "Well, you know I've got other priorities. I just think it's a shame. I think it's an opportunity missed, um, and I think we'll come to regret it at the end of the season.
3: I mean, uh, not only, you know I've got to ask the question because if you spoke to if you had Dean Smith face to face and you said to him, "You're not taking this cup seriously." I think he'd disagree with you. Do you think that, you know, we're, we're probably going a little bit far saying we're not taking it seriously or do you just think we've got a different approach to how we approach this couple we just think that actually we should be strong enough to play, you know, a number of different teams and still progress.
4: Uh, I just come away thinking it was a wasted opportunity. It 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 was a it was a t- you know, a night for us to go there and really put on a Brentford show, show show what we were capable of, show you know, um, you know, the the, the big crowd and the and the the sort of the bigger watching public because we, we pla you know, the world would have been watching because it was Arsenal what we're all about and um we failed and we we failed a couple of times recently you know we 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 didn't put on a really good show at Aston Villa when a lot of people would have been watching that derby we we didn't show up first half um you know when a, when it was a, an opportunity just to, to show that we're becoming the real deal, and in Arsenal we we did weaken the team, um, and I just don't I just don't know why we would do that when there was you know eight or nine thousand Brentford fans there. I just think it's you know the the club, I would say owe it to the fans, but you know if, if they're they are they they encouraged us to to buy it, tickets like. You know, in in their in the high thousands, um, I, th- I just think they need to go there and try and win the game. And I know they didn't try and lose the game. Obviously, they they, they, they didn't go out there and say don't try. But you know, we, we needed to go with our strongest team, and I, I think that really backfired.
3: Kate, okay, I mean, we're talking about team selection here and the strongest team. Looking at the team we put out there, you know, we you know we didn't have Bentley in goal. You know, we didn't have Malpay up front. Uh, but interestingly we had players like who would come in you know Alan Judge again he'd come in and be given sort of quite a pivotal role I suppose um, you know we had Jean Vier, who was in defence as opposed to Mepham which was actually uh, well hinted to us on Saturday as well we were told that you know uh, again not by people you know not in I to get anything like that but they were thinking mm, the reason why Jean Vier possibly played on Saturday is possibly because he's going to be in the, g- the game today and Meppam's going to come out because Mepham's played a lot of minutes he's probably played the most minutes out of every player in the side so a time to bring him out so do you think um, you know, I don't know what, what are your thoughts of the team was, was there anyone out there because new players have got a time to shine was there anyone out there that you thought actually they had a bit of a shine you know giving that pedestal Okay. I, do you know I thought
5: Camo had a good game um, I thought he looked busy and I thought he did a good job of uh, trying to stick with their players and sitting in front of the back floor trying to break stuff up. At times he was a bit guilty of like passing sideways rather than trying to move forward. Um but I thought he I thought he did all right in a in a disappointing first half and I thought he looked good in the second half. Um I guess Jean Vier seemed to be guilty of or Jean Vier, sorry, um seemed to be guilty of both coming up with a couple of good last-minute interventions, um, but also making a couple of mistakes. Um, and I guess it's just he's getting used to playing with Konza, getting used to starting, you know, getting used to a stadium of that size. I don't know.
3: Yes, again, I mean, Alan Judge. We've got to talk about Alan Judge because there's been a lot of conversations about Judgey. Um, and we're saying, you know, there's a discussion which probably needs to be sort of going on as to whether or not Judgy. Needs to reinvent himself. Um, only because, you know, at times we'd be sticking him down the wing, we'd be trying to get him to go down the wing, and, and obviously he's not necessarily not 100% the player that he was, say, three years ago. Not for any fault of his own, but we're just saying the game's moved on, time's moved on, and we just sort of figure does he need to sort of reinvent himself? Now, in this game against Arsenal, to be fair to Brentford, they stuck him out there, said, Judgey, this is your game. He scored a fantastic free kick, which probably would have given him a load of confidence. Do you think this may be the boost that Judgey needs, um, the Allards, to to move him on?
0: I thought. Um, I mean, I thought it was he after he scored, he seemed to um, sort of there was a lot of confidence went through him, and and there was almost a sign I thought that that maybe an element of his of why he's you know let, let's be honest, he's not he's not really been brilliant since he's since he's come back. he's sort of you know. He's been treading water, if we're honest. Um, but but last night after he scored, I suddenly saw this confidence in him, and 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 it did change a bit. I still I still kind of think he's probably going to end up playing um, less as a wide player and more tucked in as one of the two the two midfielders in front of the holding midfielder um, potentially in the you know moving forwards. But he but he had a reasonable you know he had a reasonable game last night. But I just can I can I quickly go back on the point about you know the, the about the team because. I think, um, I think, you know, we got to think we're playing six games in 21 days. Um, so that's a game every three and a half days. Um, and we've got a squad of 18 players, um, roughly. Is it 18, probably? Something like that. You know, first-team players, players that aren't in the B-team. We didn't play any B-team players last night. I don't think we had any on the bench either. Um, but but I, I, I don't really see what other options Dean Smith's got. I, I probably would disagree if it was the FA Cup and it was a Saturday game and there were... You know, with with, with maybe a, a the end of Christmas Monday or Tuesday, or whatever, and then another game following Saturday, and there's more ch- chance of recovery and stuff. But I just think it's this is when you use your 18 player squad players, and um, and I hear it from you know Brentford supporters week in week out. We got a strong squad, we got a strong bench, and then I hear suddenly, oh, actually they're not strong enough to start. And and you know, I, I think in the second half, I mean, I, we were all down at halftime, but the point remains in the second half we were. We, we competed with Arsenal, and I don't really see what other options we've got. We can't run these young players into the ground. I'm sure there's, I'm sure they're looking at the numbers. I'm sure they're, you know, they're tracking the players and their fitness, and and we can't run these young players into the ground. We have to, um, we have to sort of mix and match a little bit. And okay, maybe this is, maybe we should have gone full strength last night, and then we should be playing last night's team on Saturday. Is that what we're saying? I'm not so sure about that. I, you
4: know, I, do, I do agree. I, you know, I do hear that. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not naive in the fact that you know the bigger prize this, this, this season is is what you know is is league success. But I watched the the, the Man United derby game the night before, and, and I thought they Derby County really gave gave it their full a, a
0: proper a proper go, um, which and, is... and, it, and it paid off. It paid off for them in in, in a big way. And that's a different point, though, isn't it? Because the team, ultimately, what we all agreed was the team didn't give it a go in the first half, but the same team did give it a go in the second half. So the real problem, was it who played or was it the way we played? And I would say it was more the way we played.
4: Yeah, possibly. Possibly you know but i still i still think ben rama and um, and kanos would have would have given us a bit more of a bit more of a cutting edge um at, at times so uh kan- you
3: know
4: chance and he you know he, he didn't didn't hit the target with it so you know we think we you look at the stats from from the game last night and it looked quite close. And they ed- they slightly edged it in possession, and the chances, you know, on target and off target were pretty pretty similar too. Considering they were, it was kind of one way traffic in the first half. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's all about Tuesday, but um, Saturday. But I just think it was just a little bit flat, and I think nine thousand people went there hoping it would be a bit different, and it, and it wasn't again.
6: Again, I mean, What it does show is that we're we're crying out for for another striker another decent striker. I mean we all knew that but, but sure. because when Malpae came on um second half it made you know it did sure. it did make a difference. The the real difference last night was Arsenal had Danny Welbeck who I actually've always quite liked Welbeck. I think he's you know um I think he's been uh, unlucky probably is, is a fair word to say in his career with where he's going but he's he is a first class striker. He scored after 5 minutes. He scored that he scored their their second, didn't he? Um, and he, you know, he was he was the difference, really, in, in the game. We got Judge scoring that goal uh, very early in the second half. Set this all up, and then actually, what Smith did was send on the stronger players, and that's when we really started playing. You look back at the. No, the back- we
0: Nick, Nick, we didn't. We, we were playing a long time before that. Before the, the the substitutions wasn't why we started playing better. We were playing that the team that started the game were playing well halfway through the second half. It wasn't because of the substitutions. It wasn't because um, you know because of who came on. They'd already turned the corner and were playing better. Would that team? Would that
6: team? Would the
0: the team without the substitutions have won? No, it would have been the same result. I don't think the substitutions changed the game. The game had already changed. This is my opinion.
6: Yeah. No. 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 Well, get, Football is a game of opinions. The old cliche. So yeah, there you go.
3: So what is interesting though, as well, and you know, a thought that you know I've had because after the match, if you listened to like I said to the post-match podcast, it, it had sort of quite a negative vibe to it. People were a little bit down. They probably expected to, you know, that we'll be able to to really show their mates. You know, we've never we haven't played Arsenal in years, and all your Arsenal mates, you're telling them all about Brentford. And you want to want to boast to them, say, look, great football we played, and you know, at the end of the day, we thought mm, did not do as well, even though the second half we were right. But what was interesting is that if you notice the comments, I mean, I've got some comments from my Arsenal mates. They said things like, well, why, why didn't you play like that in the second half? If you played like that in the, in the, sorry, in the first half, you would have really given us a game. You, you were right in the second half. You were good. They mentioned Nico Yonaris. You know, obviously, ex arsenal player. They all look out for their ex-players. They said, we thought he had a good game, you know? And uh, I think even one of you said that one of your mates thought that the, the Brentford goalkeeper was absolutely brilliant. So I'm just wondering as well, and there was comments on Twitter saying, Fair play to Brentford coming out there playing that football. We think that you're going to get to the playoffs if you continue playing like that because you took on Arsenal toe-to-toe and you're very good. Now, is there a thought that maybe we could be a little bit overly critical about our side? Kate?
5: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, At the end of the first half, the thing that I was feeling was that, like, this isn't how we play. We're better than this. What are we doing? Why aren't we stepping up? And it was just really, really frustrating And I had Arsenal mates who were in the crowd, who I constantly tell them how good we are and how good our football is and how much we're getting better and how much we're building. And I was like, this is our chance to show them in their back garden exactly what we can do. And we weren't doing it. So during the second half, I was like, perfect. I don't mind if we lose because this is a good Arsenal team. They looked frightening on the break. Danny Welbeck was great um they looked you know they they looked really really good but we went toe to toe with them for that for the for the majority of that second half and i was like we might lose but we've shown what we can do we've shown what we're about and i'm i'm good with that i don't mind about the carabao cup i do want to do well in the league i probably care more about the fa cup and i was just like all right we showed what we can do and in my head i'm pretending the third goal just didn't happen
4: <laughs> yeah, the two-one two, would have would have made that feel a whole lot better, I think, than the three. Yeah. But and
5: won the second half then.
4: Yeah, no, it's true. But I'm just you know I'm, I'm my, we, we know we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, but I'm I'm just a little bit concerned that you know since since we won the last the last game against Wigan at home, we've um we've we've played a poor second half at Ipswich. We had pretty poor 90 minutes against Derby and then a first half where we didn't we didn't perform so we need to work on this consistency it's all it's all it's all well and good us sort of you know big, bigging up ourselves with you know this liquid football um, you know just thinking we, we, we're really good but we're we're really inconsistent at the moment so that needs to be worked on
5: yeah valid just
3: coming back to what Kate said she said I don't really care about the Caribou Cup I care more about the FA Cup and the league um is there a thought that basically, I mean, we went to there going, yeah, we're going to play Arsenal, but was it kind of more about Arsenal rather than the Caribou Cup itself? Does Does anyone really care about this cup? I mean, Laney? Well, I kind of, I
4: kind of do. I went to, I went to Southend away, and I, I, I went to Cheltenham at home in the next round, and you know, I, I I was a little bit up for the for the trip to Arsenal, obviously, because you know it was the first time in in my lifetime we played them in a competitive game. So you so, say, yeah, I. I it's 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 one that we could go a long way in if I'm honest with you uh, it's it's something that you know it's not a priority when the, when the you know we we're used to being in the first round always coming in um, getting a, getting a poor Poor sort of uh, calibre of club, including ourselves when we were in the you know the bottom two divisions So you know it's never been that glamorous. It's always about who you get in the second or third round, and invariably we've we've always got you know rubbish draws anyway. So you know the the, the big standout games, are obviously in recent you know living memory, or sort of the Everton penalty win. Going back a little bit further, I obviously remember the Swansea, Swansea victory, and then the Liverpool game and um, the Nottingham Forest trip. So uh, you know, it's it's not been a brilliant competition for us really, but uh, it's it's some it's, it's a competition we could have gone a lot lot further in. Uh, you know, Arsenal was always going to be like our you know almost in, not impossible, but it was always going to be a mountain to climb. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't write the, I don't ride it off. I, I, I do quite like the tournament.
6: Okay. Just, just, can I just come in a couple of quick thoughts on that? Did we one take it too lightly because we thought that Arsenal would be sending out their their under twenty three so they as they did under under Wenger? Um, I mean, Emery as a new manager probably wanted a more of a look at a look at regular first teamers and was more likely to have sent sent them out as he did last night. And what uh, did we miss a trick? by underestimating the opposition and I think it was I think it was the Dutchman who on the pod last night said of all the teams to draw um Arsenal are probably not the one you want to draw at this stage of the EFL trophy cup um because Arsenal do take this competition seriously of all the top six clubs top eight clubs Arsenal are the one who actually think this is a is a trophy worth winning and so again perhaps we were a bit unlucky to be to have our name drawn out of the hat against them but you know Having said that, we should have done better.
3: I mean, I, I think that you're probably not right about the, the t- their team selection because I think it was pretty widely known that the Arsenal team was going to reflect the team that played in the Europa League last week, pretty much, which had sort of you know, four, five, six first first-teamers in there. So a lot of those, those, those players were named beforehand and I think Bradford knew that as well. So I don't think we... we I don't think we definitely didn't underestimate them. And also, there was... Uh, the, the, the players that are coming through as well like that so is it, is it Roe Emery the, 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 the young kid as well people like that as well Brentford are very aware that, that, that these players are very dangerous I mean i think he, he came on against uh, in the Europa League Cup game last week played very well so we knew he was going to get a start today and uh, obviously with, with our scouting thing that goes out there and the whole B team scouting thing and the fact that we probably played against Arsenal probably played against him we knew that there's going to be a danger if he would have played in a game um, that we played in, in, behind closed doors so I think we, I don't, I think there was definitely would not have underestimated Arsenal for this match. I think that, I think if anything, to be quite honest with you, I think we just froze in the first half. We 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 just froze the lads.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I think the the only left field selection for me that we had <laughs> last night, who I mean, was playing on the right mind was Odegaard. I didn't I didn't see that coming. I thought that was probably throw him in from the start was probably. The one selection that I thought was a bit odd. The rest of it I thought was reasonable. And I agree with Nick's point. Um, I do agree with you sometimes, Nick, that um, we are lacking another centre forward. Because ultimately, if Malpay is being rested, the only option we got is to play a player that actually we might want to rest up front in Watkins. So, yeah, I I agree with you 100% on that. Uh, uh, Um, Sorry, Matt, just ask a question about Odebachu. How did you think he played? I thought he played okay, to be honest, but I just think he didn't look he had, he lacked a bit of match fitness and he probably got a bit stronger as the game went on um, but um, yeah I think he still needs a bit more time on the pitch and that time should probably be coming on for 20 minutes well, in, a in, a, in a cup game
6: <laughs> First competitive game he's played for two
0: years wasn't it? Yeah 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 which is why I say it was a left field selection i say the thing that probably
4: did have an effect on us as well and I know none of us saw it was their, them scoring after four minutes uh, it's obviously you know they go out no. there and, yeah, well yeah apparently yeah um, uh, yeah, you, obviously, you're told to go out there and not don't concede early. But and when when you do, and it was a particularly good goal. I mean, it was a great header, great cross, great header. Um, and it maybe we trying to maybe we kind of thought, right, we're not we can't go two down straight after this. And we, you know, it, it wasn't about being on the front foot necessarily. It was about not not conceding the second goal too soon. Um, I know we I know we sort of uh, got carved apart. Um, a little bit later on in the game but I think it was just about not going too down within 10 minutes and I think you're you know then we're looking at a drubbing
3: Listen lady you're talking about um, it's interesting you're talking about sort of getting into the game missing the goal Um, there was a bit of malarkey actually getting into that stadium yesterday and I think it it probably caught us quite a bit by surprise I mean we timed it pretty well from the pub we were in we knew it was 20 minutes walk to the stadium you know give or take five minutes here or there we thought we're still going to get Another twenty-five, you know, minutes or so to get into the stadium, and we actually didn't get into the stadium till about twenty minutes after kickoff. So we we missed a good chunk of the game, and it wasn't only us. There was a lot of fans there. Um, what was your experience, or or, or or is this is this us just being a little bit naive? Is us being a little bit small clubby, where we think, yeah, Brentford, we could just walk in from the pub, leave the pub at you know eight minutes to three, and still get in there for kickoff. You know, we turn up at the Emirates and there's all sorts of security nonsense going on. You know, not nonsense, because obviously very important, but there's also other things that were going on which seem to, to to not make it flow as smoothly. Um, and also the experience, as we say, the supporter experience when you come there. You know, the security people, you know, they, were they friendly, were they not friendly? What was the vibe? You know, I mean, what are your thoughts?
4: Well... You, it didn't it seemed really
3: dark outside
4: the ground for one it didn't seem to be very well lit I didn't think um maybe my eyes are going uh, but they, but they, what they really want you to do is get in there a good hour before kickoff don't they when you're inside buying a beer and, and going through their the buying their their food and all that kind of stuff um, it's you can't mix and match like our football experience and then just just, just Use the same behaviour on a match day there. Yeah, we probably should have left another half an hour before, but you know, an hour f- for a you know to get into a game that's only like 15 minute walk away from the pub. I thought was plenty of time. So yeah, I I, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. No,
0: yeah, I, I. I think the thing was was the ground was 20 minutes walk away from the pub, but it was getting to the other end of the ground there was another 15 or 20 minutes you could I mean you could run around Brentford three times in the time you could run around um, the Emirates um, that that was the big shock for me I actually was walking past I was actually walking past the ground when Welbeck scored I didn't really have to queue to get in I was that late uh, but it still took me I still didn't get in until 20 minutes into the first half so it was 15 minutes to sort of get from one end of the ground to the other and in and that I think that was the sort of thing that um, I didn't particularly enjoy these big grounds
6: um, I was I was surprised at the facilities inside. Two thing I thought Arsenal were a pretty go ahead club. Um, the queue for the gents' lose um, at um, half time and indeed during the game there was a permanent queue for almost ninety minutes of it. And if you get to a certain age like I am, you know you need to have easy access to a toilet. So you know that's a bit wo- that's a bit worrying. And also, and I saw this on Twitter actually on, on the journey back. Arsenal. The food options were an absolute disgrace. Char- they, I mean, you talked about the pies, and they were really good pies. We had after the game. If you wanted a pie at Arsenal at the game, it was six pound fifty for what, what for a pie that we that we at Brentford sell for three pound eighty. I mean, you know, Premier League ripoff. Premier League. I week. think. I think the bathrooms.
0: I mean, look, me and Kate are on New Road. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't go. You don't use the bathroom during the game.
6: Yeah, <laughs> but but, but that. <laughs> Griffin, Park, Griffin, Park, Griffin Park is 100 years old. The Emirates yeah. was, what, five, six years ago? It is absolutely ludicrous that there are not enough toilet seats anymore.
0: No, I, I felt the same because when I got in 20 minutes into the game, they were queuing to get into the, the toilet. And, and to be honest, I expect a bit of a queue at half-time, but that was insane. I was just sort of, you know, joshing about New Road really.
5: As a lady, I very much enjoyed the Arsenal toilets. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out. <laughs>
6: yeah. Yeah, no, makes a nice change then. at least, least, <laughs> these ages we looked after this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of the, it's on the other way round.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean the vibe again. So, I mean, interestingly, steward wise, because at Brentford, the one thing that you know, not us, but other fans always say they think that you know Brentford has got you know decent stewarding, relatively friendly stewarding. You know, when they go away, they, they, people do rave about it. I think, I think we won some sort of award actually, some sort of stewarding or experience award or something like that fairly recently again you know these things happen and awards you know, but it's it, I think when you notice it if you keep going to your club all the time you don't really notice it it's, I think it's sometimes when you go to other clubs when other clubs are good you, you tip your hat and you think they're, they're alright but if they're a little bit moody you also notice it as well and I've just felt it was really sort of quite cold and un, quite unfriendly and it's just a little bit horrible really um, at Arsenal fair enough listen we, we only come there for the game But again, you just notice there's a little bit of a difference that people have where you think, you know, have you spent your money, you come all the way down there, you come into a match, you know, somebody should just treat you with a little bit more respect and you know, you felt a little bit of the old cattle going into a sort of cattle train yesterday. Maybe that's just me being a bit, you know, overly sensitive.
4: I just don't know how you get that intimate kind of vibe in in a stadium that big, you know, where we're going to maybe be able to retain it because the stadium we're going to is not it's not sort of going to be colossal um, but yeah we we're just used to kind of knowing everyone and kind of recognizing people even the stewards probably so you know we have got we're we're a real particularly friendly little club you you go to a place like that and you just it's, it's very impersonal um, and I just really struggle to, to, to know how they actually feel close to their club but ever. It doesn't,
3: but it doesn't take much for, you know, for some, a smile, a, you, do, you know, you're going to enjoy, you know what I'm saying, just a little bit more of a kind of vibe rather than a sort of hardcore security nightclub, you know, right, you know, I'm going to search. It's just, I don't know, It's just there's just something about it, because even if you employ staff who aren't, obviously, they're, 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 they're not security staff, but you, you employ from an agency, the agency people still get briefed to, to, to this this is our club and this is how we represent and this is what we want the people to feel so when they come here they feel like this but I don't know just maybe what I'm trying to think is that is this what the Premier because everyone keeps saying to you the Premier League is like this and this isn't really nice and you feel like a bit of a you know um, people just trying to rinse you for the money they don't really care about the fan you know the experience and I'm just wondering if this is another example of the Premier League experience where you almost should feel privileged. That you've actually gone into Arsenal Stadium. Oh no, you're so lucky. You've come inside here. You know, you've got a ticket to Arsenal. So you know, you just shut up and just go inside and do whatever we need to tell you to do, and go off about your way. Because that's kind of what it's like. Because they feel that they've got they've got the upper hand. Does that make sense?
6: Yeah, it makes total it makes total sense to me. And you know, you you know my arguments about this. It's why we've got to be very careful about what we wish for. We will be. Um, Expected to arrive an hour early at a stadium for an eight o'clock kickoff on a Monday night. Forced to drink, uh, forced to drink weak lager or, or um, overpriced soft soft drinks. Uh, fed food that um, is not good for one's health, and expected to um, make some noise um, by sitting politely in the seats unless you're lucky enough to be in some stadiums which will. Um, recognise that you need away supporters to create some atmosphere um, Premier League Premier League is in danger of eating itself and it's one of the reasons why I'm very happy with the Championship
3: which is well, again which is cool but I think what maybe what we take out of this is that again I mean we're moving in a couple of years time but you know Brentford kind of needs to take note and they need to have a look at this and maybe you know keep there is a lot of feedback that happening but just take feedback from the fans as to experiences like this, because in some ways football clubs sort of like they, they look at Arsenal, and they think we want to be like this. You know, we want to you know look at this stadium and look what they do. We, we we want to be like this, but then in certain ways you don't want to be like this at all. And I think it's more important for them to actually start listening to people to find out why, why, the, what was the downside to the Arsenal experience other than the result? Because obviously, if we'd won it, everything would be brilliant. But what was the downside to that? And what do we what do we have to make sure that we i I'll making sure that we aren't, are doing
6: that they're not doing or the other way around. We're not doing what they are doing. I, I'm dominating this discussion too much, so I'll be very quick. I think the other thing is that we as a club have yet again got to sort out the idea of ticket allocations and the way that people can be put into groups so that they can enjoy the game. If you want to go and sit at a game, you should be able to get a ticket. If you want to stand at a game, you should be able to get a ticket. If you want to sing at a game, you should be able to get a ticket. If you want to chat to your mates, you should be able to get a ticket. But they need to be in different areas and the club needs to work with supporters groups on trying to make sure. Because again, yet again, last night, there was tension in the ground between sets of supporters who were there for different reasons, and that never creates a good atmosphere. Yeah, I
3: mean, that was discussed uh, quite a lot on the on the post match podcast about the fact that you know we had lots and lots of different factions, different groups not pulling together. Fans have tried to find a, a way where, if fans are a little bit more lively and boisterous, they can be together. And others that are not. It was difficult in an Arsenal because, to be fair, the stewards put you in your seats, and you had to be in a particular section. And it was, you know, it was difficult for you to manoeuvre yourself elsewhere. Yeah, you might be able to do it if you jumped over the top of people, went around the back. But you know, I had kids and everything like that with me, and it made it more difficult. But all I'm trying to say to you is that this situation isn't going to go away. And maybe safe standing, as they call it, may help to solve a lot of scenarios. But there's a there's there's a bit of a way to go between now and then. So we need to sort it out. The allot.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree spot on. Do you know p- part of the reason why I wasn't rushing to get into the ground was I kind of prefer it to settle down for these games by the time I've got in there. Um, because that whole scenario, I you know, people standing. I, I, I get there are people that physically can't stand. I I, I totally understand that. But that and, and that whole sort of first 10, 15 minutes of sit down, sit down um, is um, yeah, it's a just a, it's not much fun really, and it's all and it probably doesn't really help the atmosphere much and stuff like that because. It seems to me that for the first fifteen minutes, you know, it, it, it's it, it's more about worrying about, you know, you, you, your seat and stuff. And I and I do see both sides of the argument. And, and I with Nick and with you, um, I've said it, you know, myself a number of times, is that w- with the club we need to work out a better way of doing these bigger away games. There just doesn't seem to
4: be ever any atmos- um, any appetite for it. You know, Bill, you know yeah. this better than anyone else. You know, this, we've we've suggested singing areas, we've suggested selling tickets from the, you know, fr- from the front to the back and the back to the front, depending on what, what it is you want from your your viewing experience or your atmosphere experience. But there just there's always an obstacle. There's always it's, it's never it's never as straightforward as it as it probably well isn't it, even if it's not straightforward, you need to kind of bend over backwards just to make the atmosphere, help the team as, as, mu- as much as is possible. You, there's no point in having 9,000 um, if, if you're spread far and wide. You know, people, people the like-minded singers, they need, they need to be able to get together. The people that go um, week in, week out, up and down the country, the ones that are creating the noise, they need to be able to stick together. That, 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 they're the ones that should be, uh, as you know, the priority really, is, you know, they're the ones that create the atmosphere. Um, you know, sorry, people... sorry, no,
3: sorry, lady, priority in the fact that they should come together not as opposed to priority fans over other fans no 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 no, no
4: no not <clears throat> not priority people, like should get their tickets in, 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 over anyone else but they should be given priority in, in in where they can pick to to sit or to stand or whatever you know it's like it this the singing the singing section should be like the one of the biggest uh priorities um in the whole ticketing situation is that getting the right people to t- together i think just it's it's imperative if if we're gonna if we're gonna sort of grow the the vibe um, mm. you know it's not there's not enough effort made
3: well at the same time i mean i think the priority should be for that because at the same time it gives priority for the people who may not necessarily want to be part of that so they don't get disturbed so what you've done is you solved two situations if you actually kind of you solve one you solve both because we understand that there's also certain people that will want to sit or want to be you know they, they say deliberately when we did the singing section they, people said oh we're going to get a seat over here because we don't necessarily want to be there not because we can't stand anymore or we don't want to be involved in that which is fine but the problem is that if you don't solve it and you put your head in the sand and we've seen a lot of head in the sand activity you know recently you know what i'm saying about just different things if you put your head in the sand it's not going to go away and, and you've got to deal with this situation but we'll move on there's one final thing because obviously Brentford fans were there in their colours their, their shirts the Jaffa Cake Army they had all sorts of stuff and of course we had the old go uh, down the road we saw the old half and half scarves popped up again um, and we, we did laugh because uh, you know it was a bit of an in joke I didn't see it till today where Brentford actually put a little bit of an in joke about the old half and half scarf which seemed to have gone over a lot of People's head on that one, you know. I mean, no one endorses the half and half chaff, but you can actually turn it into a bit of a joke. And uh, Laney, you 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 actually purchased a half and half scarf, didn't you? I
4: did for a laugh, um, and <coughs> I I, per- I purchased it. Um, I, we i tweeted earlier in the day about a warning that it was going to be a high risk of a half and half alert and to avoid them. And as i, as I come out of the stadium, there's <laughs> one, the, one of the sellers was trying to knock them out for a fiver and uh so i walked up to him and i said i'd yeah, get two for a fiver and he went oh yeah go on then and i got I bought, I bought two two for a fiver one one wanted for his mum's wedding, mum's wedding anniversary which i thought was a bit, bit odd but i went okay fine have that and then um i, I said to so what we we'll would do with this one was uh we'll, we'll raffle it or well, not raffle it we'll auction it on the on, on twitter today and uh, someone, uh Paid forty quid for it, and the money's gone to the uh, the Brentford Food Bank. So, so thanks very um, much,
3: Phil. Phil, thank you, rest for that. It's great.
4: And I I do have to say, I I I wore it. I wore it back last night, like 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 this, and it was really comfy and really warm. (laughs) So, (laughs) two pounds fifty for a for a for a monstrosity like this. I think it's a
3: bargain.
0: Excellent. A well made piece of tat. That's right, <laughs> indeed, indeed.
3: Listen, so listen, we, we've got a game at the weekend, so we're going to come and we're going to talk about Reading in a bit, but before I do that, I've just got to talk to everybody to say to them, if you don't mind, Besotted FSF Awards. We haven't actually been up for FSF Awards for about three or four years now, but we thought, let's go back in for it, let's see if we can get a nomination from the FSF Awards. Um, so if you go on to probably well, either org or something like that, or maybe go to Besotted.com, we have a little button there, and you could just nominate us. There's a couple of uh, sections, the podcast award, the club podcast um, section, and also the fan media. If you feel it's right and you feel like you would like to nominate us, we'll be very, very, very thankful for you to actually just put our little name in there. And fingers crossed, they might we might be shortlisted. We may or we may not. We'll just see. So put it up on Hopefully by the morning it'll be up there, which is all good. But listen, looking forward to Saturday. We've got Reading. Big, big, big game now. We put Arsenal behind us, and we realise now we've rested a lot of the players on Saturday, on Wednesday. So they'll be back on Saturday. So we need to get a result. So, uh, but we've got to find out first of all how the Reading are going to fare. So we're going to go over to our chums, our buddies, our Reading buddies as well. And we've got Becca from the Tilehurst End blog, and Wicked. She writes some great stuff. She's seen all over the TV, Sky TV, Channel Five. Talk stuff from her heart. Reading. She doesn't even live in Reading. She lives in Telford, but goes down home and away every game. We're going to listen to what Becca had to say in Five from the Hive. Five from the Hive. Reading.
2: Hello, my name's Becca, and I'm a contributor for the Tilehurst End blog and podcast. Um, I've been a Reading season ticket holder now for 13 seasons, and um, I'm not your average Reading fan living in Berkshire. Um, I've actually travelled down from Shropshire for the majority of the time that I've been a season ticket holder with my mum. Yeah, it's it's a certainly a different way of supporting Reading. Um, it's always a topic of conversation wherever I am. And actually being part of the Talhurst End is, is really handy for me. Um, I have written for them for six years, but obviously not being a local Um, It's not always as easy to get hold of breaking news and things. And, um, yeah, just being part of that Tilehurst End group has has, has really helped me keep up to date with things in the past. And, yeah, I've written for them for six years now, and it's something I really enjoy doing. And hopefully, um, if uh, the big there let me, I can carry on for a little bit longer.
3: Reading haven't started on the front foot this season. It's not even October yet, so anything can happen are you worried already?
2: So it got to the end of last season and we were all so glad to see the back of it. Um, we were obviously hoping during the summer that signings could be made and um, well it couldn't have got any worse than last year we thought. Um, but it certainly hasn't been the best of starts this season. Um, it's um, it, it's it's difficult to watch. It's, it's really sad to watch. We've never been a massive team or anything like that but it this football on the whole, whilst I've, I've been a season-ticker holder, has been enjoyable to watch. It's been exciting. And this just just hasn't been... We um, we can't seem to find a rhythm to the play. We can't seem... like The players just don't seem to have any ideas. It, it seems to be very static and they can't do the basics right. Um, saying that, the the last couple of league games have been very good. Um Getting a result away at Preston, I know they're they're down there with us. Um, it's still never an easy place to go, and again, whole they are not doing as as well as they would probably like to be either. But to score three goals against them without reply, I think that that was a, a result that we really needed to hopefully get a little bit of confidence back into the team. Um, it, even though we have been losing and the results haven't been going our way, we've actually only been losing by one goal, so it's basic things that we're getting wrong and that's what's costing us Um, yeah hopefully we can do a little bit better than we did last season Um, I think just about every single prediction out of thin has predicted us to go down Um, I'd like to think we wouldn't um, but we're going to have to do much much better for the, the remaining games obviously there's still a long way to go but it's still reasonably worrying when You've played nine games and you've only got eight points on the board. Um, I, I think any any fan would would say that that's a disappointing start. But yeah, we we've had two good results in the last three games, and hopefully we can we can build on that.
3: Your Chinese owners Dai Yong and Dai Zhuli, took over last year from the Thai Consortium in Luton. Your Chinese owners, Dai Yong and Dai Yuli, took over last year after the Thai consortium was struggling. They've all promised Premier League. The Thais even ploughed money into the club, to be fair. Lady Zrifikorn even wrote a pop record in honour of her new love, Reading FC. But there seems to be something missing with the new Reading. What is it?
2: I think any football fan would say it's exciting when you see uh, your club linked or even taken over by um, foreign owners, which have obviously a lot of financial backing behind them. Um, You've only got to look at Wolves recently. Um, Their Chinese owners have obviously been the making of the, the team they are now and they're obviously doing really well in their first season back in the Premier League. But that just really hasn't happened for us. Um, When Medeski sold the club uh, Partially to Zingarevic The season before we went to the Premier League um, The the warning signs were there When his dad had had failed Businesses uh, or business links With with Everton Um, And obviously that all went very quiet The ties came in And for a while It seemed good Like you said, Lady Samisa definitely got behind the team. Um, The pop song was maybe a a little bit embarrassing for the club, but at least they actually seemed interested in the football. Um, We just don't hear anything from these Chinese owners. Um, There's certainly no signs of um, any kind of significant investment into the football team. Um, I I think they do have links to clubs in, I think it's Belgium, but I I don't think we're seeing as much as, as we thought we were promised when they did come in um and you do have to look back to the days when medeski was was at the top there and, and was our chairman um we were always seen as the selling club we we we've always had a, a, a very good academy um but we've never kept hold of players or or we certainly didn't under medeski um but and and obviously that was frustrating at the time it it was good to see our homegrown talent going elsewhere but you you look now and you think we we didn't have any financial difficulties, or we certainly had very minimal debt then. And there was a certain sense of pride about the Redding way. It, like I said before, we've never we've never been a massive club, but there was always this proper like, oh, I'm I'm a Redding fan, and there was something that was that was just quite nice to say about that. And uh, I miss that at times. It it certainly feels like the the change in the back room and the change in the board has taken its toll on the fans it just it doesn't seem like there's the the life that was that was there anymore. I, I remember going to games and I remember as a fan you felt as m- much valued in the stands as the players were on the pitch and at the moment it just doesn't feel like that it just doesn't it just doesn't feel anything like it used to be anymore and, and that's really sad yeah you, ha- you only have to look at our, our home game last week and there was 12,800 people there in a 24,000-seater stadium, of which 600 of them were Hull fans, and the attendances just speak for themselves. Saying that,
3: you've had a couple of good results this season, beating Preston away. Saying that, you've had a couple of good results this season, beating Preston away was a 6 point game you needed to win. As was Hull, it looks as if Reading are able to knuckle down when it comes to it.
2: Like I said earlier, I think it has been a really disappointing start to the season. And it just almost feels like a hangover from the end of last season or, well, all of last season. Um, it doesn't feel like we've had a break in between. Um, we obviously thought that um, something was going to change during the summer. And there, there are glimmers of positive things. Um, it's not all negative. Um, I think we've made a couple of of, of decent signings in the summer Um, Sam Baldock's one that stands out for me um, from Brighton obviously has um, uh, good footballing knowledge from Championship and a stint in the Premier League and he's already scored a couple of important goals for us already Um, the one that stands out is a 94th minute penalty at Aston Villa uh, which got us a really valuable point Um, I also think Josh Sims has has, has been another really good signing Um, he has a lot of energy and he seems to make stuff happen when he's on the pitch Um, and yeah I I think he's definitely one to watch out for but overall like looking at our squad I don't think it's any worse or any better than the majority of the squads in the league I think it's pretty average um, and I think um, the disappointing results that we're seeing is probably just an extension to to what's going on behind the scenes Um, but like I said, we've had two really decent results in the last th- three games um, and hopefully we can we can start to push on from that.
3: Paul Clement took over from Yap Stam who was pretty much run out of ready. It seems that he just ran out of steam. Clement hasn't had the most glittering managing your career so far. Personally, I think there's actually a decent manager in there somewhere. Do
2: you agree? I was very much a supporter of Stam for a long time, and um, I'm I'm not a fan of um, going through managers like their water. But there had to to be a change at the club, and um, it was great that Stam very much stuck by his philosophy of the passing football and and playing it out from the back. But it didn't work for Reading, and and that was where his downfall was that there was really no plan B, um, and. Even though we got rid of Stam, I, I didn't really have a preference as to who was coming in. Um, there, was, there was no one that I really favoured. Um, the the football was at a point where it really couldn't get any worse. So anyone who was coming in and taking on that job was, was taking on a really big mission. And I do quite like Paul Clement. I have a lot of time for Paul Clement. Um, he's worked at some pretty big clubs. Um, he saved Swansea from going down. Um, he didn't have the worst time at Derby, um, and when he speaks to the media, he, he always seems very honest, he doesn't hold back, and I quite like that about a manager, and I certainly think that we've got to give him time.
3: Saturday is a massive game for Brentford. We've had three away games on the trot with no wins, and we need to get back on track. Reading desperately also need points in the table. How do you see the game panning out? And what's the result? Do you
2: reckon it's always quite a good day out when we go to Brantford? Um, we always take a really good following. Um, I think we have sold out the away end, uh, because it's local, <laughs> well, local to Redden anyway. Um, and yeah, um, it, it's certainly one to look forward to. Um, both teams are obviously um playing for, for different things with their respective campaigns and. It seems like you've had an an okay start to the season. Um, I think you've only lost one in your last five. And that was away at Derby. And that's certainly not a shameful result when they're having the season they're having under Frank Lampard. Um, But I think it'll be a tight game. Um, I I don't know how much I fear about Brentford. I fear more that we'll slide back into our sloppy ways. um, That something will happen in the game like conceding or having a period of play where we just can't get hold of the ball and and um, that might knock our confidence. I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't. I'm hoping that we can start strong like like we did against Hull, get an early goal, dominate and control the game and, and hopefully if we play like that, there, there's no reason why we can't pick up one, maybe even three points. Um, I am feeling optimistic about Saturday. Um, I don't tend to. um, I don't like to jinx it. I am a bit superstitious. But I'd love to see us win. I'd love to see us get back on track. And I'd love to see us start climbing that table. Um, So, yeah, I'm going for 2-1 Reading.
3: So that's Becca from the Tilehurst End blog. And, you know, we'll have to see. Because I'm a bit nervous about Saturday, to be quite honest with you. I know Reading, sometimes they're a bit down on their side, but they've had some results. They've, they've carved out some results, the whole result. Like I said, you know, they've, they've carved out that result. They carved out that result against Preston as well away from home. So they can get the results. They've got some decent players on their side. You know, and it's a case of you know Clement coming around and motivating them and pulling it out of the bag. So I think we can't be complacent on Saturday. Now, the question I'm going to say to you guys and girls, we rested a load of players on Saturday. On Wednesday I keep saying Saturday On Wednesday at Arsenal So technically On Saturday We should be good to go And it should be No problem Brentford at home Fortress Griffin Park Fordsteadside, side All be rested up It should be hunky dory Am I correct? Yes That's exactly what Should happen
4: Um, That's the reason He's rested players Is for the game On Saturday Against Reading Um, So I hope The plan works Perfectly Um, I think it will um what we've seen in every home game this year is like real high intensity we've we've seen them play with a swagger and, and a confidence and uh in every game they they they've warranted the victory as far as I'm concerned there's not there's not been anything lucky involved at all I don't think so um we just need to set about reading really early and uh yeah just get get the three points we need to get a performance Performance right as well. So you uh, have got obviously you've got the Tuesday night game against Birmingham City to think about. Um, so this is uh, it's a it's a big week for Brentford. So yeah, they need to need to need to get get up and running with uh, an early goal and then build on it.
5: Yeah, I think I want to see a big. Uh, I want to see a strong lineup, strong start, and get some confidence back in that team to take into the the Tuesday night Birmingham game. Definitely. I'm-
6: I just worry that we might have fought it to our own hype too much. And, you know, needs, this has been a bit of a reality check, the Derby game, the Arsenal game. And perhaps actually we are where we are in, in the league and it's about right. Um, and we need to show that we are up there and fighting. So I think it is. To, I mean, and, and the Reading game is just as important as the Birmingham game. In, so, in some ways, I think a lot of people are thinking that Birmingham is more important than Reading. They're not. They're equally the same. And it's going to be let's just let's just see everybody put in a decent performance this time. And start from the word go, as Dave says, an early goal would really help.
0: I'm, I'm I'm thankful we had a good second half last night. I think it sets us up a bit for Saturday. Um, I think it would have been the other way round, and we'd been all right in the first half, and then been awful in the second half. I'd be I'll be more concerned, but I I think it 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 probably sets us up. Um, We'll go obviously full strength on Saturday. Um, whatever that is, that's a, you know it's not it's not clear you, who your centre backs are quite at the moment, is it? Um, you know, and there's and there's still midfield positions up for grabs. Um, so um, you know, I but, but I, I I'd like to think that on Saturday we're going to put you know get get back to where we were a couple of weeks ago before the international break. Um, it, you know, it's a chance to play at home. Um, it's a chance to play and it's interesting. It's a chance to play on our small compact pitch. I used to think that what we need are big pitches for our wide, expansive football. Now i am come to the conclusion that what we're good at is small is, a, is our small home pitch because technically we're better than any other team in the league.
3: I, I actually think, and you say that about you're not sure who's going to play, I actually think that we're going to have Konza um, and Meckham. I just, I just think that's what's bound to happen. You know, I thought Jean-Bier, who I, I do like and I think he's a good player, but, you know, I was where'd watching back the replay. Where did he come from, Bill? you know what I'm saying? jean from Rheim. And uh, I thought, you yeah, know, he's a good player. But again, I looked at some of his, you know, you can't knock him But Difficult, again, Arsenal. And I saw that there's a couple of little mistakes. And I think for the third goal, um, you know, you don't want to point a finger as such. But I'm just sort of thinking he's still finding his feet. We find players who come from abroad who take a while to find their feet. And I think that, again, you know, the speed of this game and the, the speed that the games are coming, I think there's a little bit of an eye-opener there. And I think it's good for him to know that and to go and feel it. But I don't feel that he's going to play on Saturday. I think the Conza and the Meppen are going to play. Obviously, um, McLeod and McEachern, you know, coming coming into the side. I think that's going to happen as well. Obviously, Malpay coming in and, uh, and Bentley coming into goal. So I think that we're going to pretty much see the side that we all expect on Saturday. And I think we're going to go for it. And I know we've got Birmingham on Tuesday night, but I think for Birmingham on Tuesday night, we will deal with that as it comes. But we definitely need to get the three points on the table on Saturday. And I suppose, you know, they might be thinking, if we can get two goals up or three goals up, they'll pull off Malpey or whatever, and they'll rest him up for, for whenever we need to, you know?
0: Yeah, I think um, I, th- I I think for sure it'll be... Um, uh, midfield's still interesting, but maybe... Um... Maybe Josh gets back in and um, and and McLeod does as well to play, you know, with Sawyer's. But yeah, I think Saturday, you know, if if Saturday's difficult, it's going to make Tuesday really difficult. So uh, let's just hope we get back on back onto winning ways and um, you know and use the sort of the the home advantage we've been using so far this season really well. I hear what you said,
4: Nick, about maybe the seventh place is where we deserve to be, really. But we're still three points off the top, so it just shows you how congested it all is and how tight it all is there. So, if we if we were to get four points, it would be buffing out of these two games. It would be great if we get six. It would be just you know, it's uh, it would be amazing. So, but I, just, I, I see nothing to suggest why we can't get six out of six. Do you think we we'll
3: see? Do you think we we'll see Odebaju on uh, on the weekend?
4: Personally, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't, no. No. I,
3: don't I, not, I don't know. I don't think
4: we
6: will know. Not at this we'll, stage. I don't think we'll see Ajabaju and uh, you know, I'll be consistent in my views. Is I don't think we 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 should see Judge either. Um, despite what he did on, you know, that was a fantastic goal he scored last night. But 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 I'm not certain that, that AJ fits into our system any longer. Um, um, he's been a great servant to the club. Well, I've said it all in a previous podcasts. Yeah. So. Um, the one thing I would say is it's worth people seeking out. Um, there was a really good article uh, interview with Josh McCracken published in The Times on Wednesday um, before the Arsenal game. Quite a long piece and it's quite interesting about his um, observations about... about his time at Chelsea, and now what's happening at Brentford. Um, now, the Times, yeah, I know the Times is behind a paywall, but if you register, you can see at least two free articles a week. It's worth people seeking out their interview with Josh McCreepern because I've been somebody who's been slightly sceptical about him and have been critical in the past, and it sort of opened my eyes to actually... A what he's been through in terms of having to get to where he is now, and it's also fascinating about how he feels Brentford have really helped his game and how Brentford have a future. Oscar worth seeking out before the before we see him uh, hopefully smacking goals because he hasn't scored a goal for god knows how long um, before we see him smacking goal in on
0: Saturday. Um, the and, and the other thing worth seeking out is if you use Twitter, um, you want to check out and this is for the for, for the Reading game. It's um, at the Royal protest. Um, and I assume it's set up by some Swindon supporters or something um, I, I think they're probably you know, that M4 sort of thing um, but basically it's, um, they're spreading the word that there's going to be a protest at the Brentford game and all supporters, all Reading supporters are being urged to back their first ever protest by dabbing for the entire 90 minutes during the fixture at, at, at Griffith Park um, there's also um, some, some words to Amarillo that they can sing along to as well um, just, so it's, it's worth having a look. I just had a, I just did have a look. There's a, there's a poll about are
4: you going to join in or not? And apparently sixty percent are not going, not going to join in. <laughs> <laughs> They're miserable, miserable, miserable as well.
3: <laughs> so, listen, so listen, let's Saturday big game ready. Let's go around the table, score prediction, the Um,
0: I think two one to Brentford. Um, I think it will be. Uh, I don't think it'll be clear cut. I think there'll be a, it'll be a bit of a battle on Saturday. But we'll get back to winning ways. Katie B?
5: I think 1-0 to the Bees.
0: Lady, 3-1
3: Brentford. The
4: Liberal? 2-0
3: Brentford. And 3-1 to the Mighty Bees, as I said, as well. And I've got a little view on the podcast for the Tylers then, so check that out as well, which will be out in probably today or tomorrow. But listen, Big Game Saturday, Pride of West London podcast. We're here in the virtual bar, and we're going to be signing off in a little bit. Like I said, don't forget to go nominate Besotted. For the FSF Awards, just go to besotted.com. We should have a little banner there. Just click on it and just nominate us. And hopefully, we'll be shortlisted for Besotted for either the, uh, the media, fan media, and also the Club Podcast Award as well. Big thumbs up to you. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much. And listen, big week. You know, we played Arsenal. We should be proud of ourselves. You know, at the end of the day, we had a good time, you know, football out of football. So we had a good time before the game and after the game. And in the second half of the game. Saturday's a big game, we'll see you down at Griffin Park, we'll be down in our usual place beforehand, having beers beforehand, beers afterwards, meeting up with the old Tyler Send crew and all other characters as we do, we like to chum up with the away fans as we know, but listen, I feel a bit better now actually, getting this all stuff off my chest, how about you guys and girls? Yeah, feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. Positive. Bring on Birmingham. Birmingham. That's right, bring on, bring on, that's (laughs) right, so let's bring on Reading and let's bring on Birmingham as we say. Come on, come on you be
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with muck delivery.